You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back. Welcome in. This is Country Roads Confidential at Earsports.com, part of the Paramount Podcast Network. I am Mike Casaza, shuffling the cards in the Big 12. Teams in and out, divisions in. Trying to make sense of this all. I welcome in Chris Anderson. Chris, we're going to try to have a conversation today and ask questions that have no answers. And not only do they have no answers, the options of not having answers almost outnumber the questions. So this ought to be very confusing and very entertaining. It does seem like the Big 12 is going to look different before too long. This might be the final season of, of a 10 team. And I don't know if it's going to be 12 or 14 after that, but that's kind of why we're here today. Um, thumbnail sketch me all the plates that are spinning on the table in front of us and, and what this is going to look like maybe when everything stops and settles. Well, so the first plate was that the four new Big 12 teams are going to come in in 2023. Uh, I think that was what a lot of people assumed. That was the plan. A um, little bit more confirmation recently, nothing official. I think obviously for contractual reasons, there's not going to be official word from the Big 12, but um, Cincinnati, BYU, UCF, and Houston apparently coming in in 2023, which with Texas and Oklahoma still saying publicly that they're not leaving until 2025 when the contract's up, uh, obviously that's still up in the air. Are they going? Are they staying? Uh, if they go, how much are they paying to leave? Um, if they're staying, or is the Big 12 truly going to completely reorganize their entire schedule, their setup? Um with them for two years and then change it all again after that. And that led to, oh, divisions. You got to have divisions because you want to have a champion conference championship game. The Big 12 was allowed to have a conference championship game without divisions because they played a true round robin. But with 14 teams, they were required to have divisions. Except add another plate. The NCAA might pass a rule that says, actually, you don't. You can just pick your two best teams. And... So now the Big 12's not, and they're waiting, except there's going to be a huge fight coming. Oh. A huge fight, because how do you determine who plays what schedule and then just pick your best two teams? Like, if a team plays, you know, I'm just going to, let's not name names, just to say they get to play like the five worst teams in the Big 12, and they end up going, you know, nine and one or whatever in the in the conference. Is that fair if another team has to play like the top five teams and end up going seven and three? Um, how do you determine which one's the best one? Do you go off rankings? Do you go off record? Do you go off that? Who gets to play Oklahoma before they leave? Who gets to play Texas before they leave? Do you get a home and home? Do you get this? It's going to be a disaster. There's going to be a lot of pissing matches. And then Texas and Oklahoma may just end up saying, you know what? Screw it. Here's some money. We're out. So was that enough of a summary? That was that was a thumbnail. <laughs> um, where do we begin? Let's let's start at the legislative. Um, I guess you're not even legislative. Let's start at the litigious stage here too. Um, I think that Bob Bowlesby's first gift to his replacement is to have Oklahoma and Texas out the door and out of the new Big Twelve commissioner's hair. 
I just think that's only right to start with that. If you have somebody who comes in and their their priority is figure out what to do with these two lame ducks, that's not fair for anybody, and it makes a TV negotiation pretty difficult. Um, I just think that would be a really good thing to get done. Like, there's there's no future here with those two. The last thing you want is them ripping off a couple conference titles in football or basketball or even the other sports that are still very important. Um, I just I just want to get that done and get what you can out of it. Do you want to do this in court and spend and cost yourself a lot of money, or do you want to try to backroom this and get some ADs and chancellors together and say, what's the number? Get some lawyers in there with some billable hours and say, all right, we're not doing this forever. Let's figure this out. I just I would really feel much more comfortable about hiring a replacement for Bowlesby if that was done. That just seems like the first block. Um, however, if it doesn't happen and they're just kind of uh, ornery about this and they say, we're not paying a leave, we're just going to finish out our contract, we're going to be good employees, then you have a mess. Um, if they do have 14, which is fine, because I think you have to get Houston and BYU and um, UCF, and I always blank on the fourth one, Chris, Cincinnati. Um, get them in before someone else does. So just do that. That's fine. I don't care. 14. Are you division or anti-division? I am pro-division. and now, in all sports or in just football? Well, let's put it this way. If you are a West Virginia fan, I think you should be pro-division because I believe that gives them the, a better chance of competing for a conference championship than non-divisions. Am I crazy in thinking that? No, I think you're absolutely right, which okay. is one reason that I think for as long as Texas and Oklahoma are in, you are not going to see one division. You're going to see two divisions, and you're going to see them in the same division because the Big 12 does not want Texas and Oklahoma playing in Dallas the next couple of years for the Big 12 title. That may not happen, by the way. Texas has something to do, and maybe Oklahoma does too, but that's just a nightmare for them. So I think you'll see, probably for as long as those two are here, you'll probably see divisions. That that would be my hunch. I've heard that from people before, and that just seems vindictive and petty enough that it makes sense. But I'm with you. Absolutely. And it's funny, I saw uh, Dennis Dodd. Uh, I guess he's our co-worker at CBS, kind of however that all works, but he put in divisions of what he thought it might look like. And we'll, we'll talk about the north-south versus east-west angle of this in a second because I have some thoughts on that. But he had Oklahoma and Texas in opposite divisions, and I went exactly where you went. I said, absolutely, the Big 12 will not let that happen. They, it, I mentioned fighting, and a big fight coming, and, and pissing matches and all this stuff. That's what it's going to be over because I am 100% with you that they will do everything they can to make sure Oklahoma and Texas are in the same division so that at worst, as far as the Big 12 is concerned, only one of them is in the Big 12 championship game. And they because, should. As they should. Exactly. I would, too. If I were in charge of the Big 12, I would do everything I can to make sure that those two teams were in the same division. And I guarantee you that those two teams are going to do everything they can to make sure that they're not, except when it comes to voting. They're going to be outnumbered eight to two. Like I, I'm imagine the new teams are not going to have a say in the matter, but the the other teams <laughs> they're going to say screw you guys, y'all are in the same division, and then everybody's going to fight over who's not in that division anymore, because then that's going to be a fight, and then eventually again I I've I've thought and I the longer this goes obviously the worse I feel about it, but 
I have felt for a long time that Texas and Oklahoma are going to eventually say, screw it, here's some money, we're out. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's the event. I still think that's the eventual outcome here. I don't think there will ever be a 14-team Big 12 because I think they'll leave before the season. But, again, that's going to have to start, you know, formulating here soon. Uh, you can't go too much longer. And we see that kind of stuff typically happen, typically get announced in the summer anyway, or start leaking out in the summer. Mm-hmm. So I think we'll start getting an answer on that in the next couple of months. Media day circus for sure. I don't think they want to deal with that. So that would be something that I think you might you might see reconciled June, July, maybe just because. Um, I have this. I can't believe I found this, but just something I have jotted down from it looks like September. Um, this makes sense to me. In a division, West Virginia, Cincinnati, UCF. So West Virginia with with two new schools, plus Kansas, Kansas State, Iowa State, right? I like that. And then the other part is Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, Baylor, TCU, BYU, and Houston. So two new ones in each division. And geographically, that makes some sense to me, right? Those are those all fit. Um Suppose those those schools do come in in 23, right? Um, and suppose that we're right and that Texas and Oklahoma end up in the same division. Well, now you have an imbalanced split there, right? Right. Which is why I don't think you're going to see divisions as long as Oklahoma and Texas are here. Uh, I just It would just be weird to me to, to hey, hey, come in for these two years and you're in divisions and then we're going to like – we're going to we're going to mess it up because I, I just don't think they're going to be Oklahoma and Texas. I don't think they're going to be in separate divisions to be very easy to have the six and six. I just explained Texas and one Oklahoma and the other. But then you're giving them a chance to play for the, the championship, and I just don't think that's a great idea. And what they would rather avoid There's money involved in that, too. So eh, don't do that, which means then you have like a weird six and eight split, which you're not going to do. So why even have division? So if that NCAA thing does happen, and I would imagine that the Big 12 is behind this. Um, then that's something they can do and, and make sense of things in the in the short term. Long term, don't know. Um, there's nothing, however, that says you can't have a single division without repeat opponents. So the Mountaineers, for example, would probably be very interested in having something regular with Cincinnati and UCF, right? Mm-hmm. So let's just say that every year they play Cincinnati, UCF, Iowa State, and then they gotta they gotta take one on the chin. They gotta go to Texas Tech, right? But every year you have you have a crossover like that. That's four of your. I guess you're gonna have what nine. So then you find a way to get the other ones in there. Right? And you don't play everybody every year. You can't do that anymore. But you could you could certainly scheme a way where you have some familiarity and some rivalries and some regular things every year to do that. Like there's the divisional thing. It comes easier. You play everybody in your division. But why can't you have something like a divisional setup just in one single file conference. I'm with you. And the answer is going to be money. It's going to be pettiness, but I think that's, I don't know. I I keep Like I said, I keep looking at these divisions and the non-divisions and how that's going to work. Who did you say that if they did no divisions, who is West Virginia's all-time opponent, or however you want to phrase that? I just I just figured four in my head. Give them two new ones, Cincinnati and then UCF, right? Because okay. they're logical for geography for Cincinnati, UCF maybe even as well. And then Iowa State, oh, that's their rival now. And then, listen, you got to take one road trip every year. That's going to be tough. Uh, Texas Tech. 
Okay. I like it. I think that, I was going to say, if I'm looking at that and Oklahoma and Texas are out, I, the only one I would consider changing was Texas Tech and TCU. But even then, you know, there's obviously other moving parts with other teams having to have all-time opponents. But I would go with that as well. I think either TCU okay. or Texas Tech. But I like the other three for sure. Yeah. And you can do that. Like, I mean, that's what's so fascinating about this, too, is that, again, you can, you can have divisions if you want to. They say you don't have to have divisions. It doesn't mean you can't have divisions. But also, they can you can you can keep some of the the values, the qualities, the traits of conference play split into divisions without divisions. Like you can have those crossovers. And that's what's cool about about having divisions is that you're gonna have these regular matchups every year you can look forward to. And even like the SEC, you're gonna have that one regular crossover that you have too. So you can do stuff like that without having that that divisional split in there too. So and that's that's gonna be an interesting and entertaining dynamic and how they do that too. Um, we kind of both agree that you're never going to have 14, though, right? Agreed. I, it's, it seems just so weird happen. to have a 12 team conference, though, like just a single file conference. That's what makes me think that it's not going to happen. <laughs> like, just like, oh, we can't do that. It's too strange. So, what? Make it work. Oh, boy. Draft yeah. we covered the other day, but did you happen to see how some of the new Big 12 teams performed? Uh, yeah, Houston had a nice day, or at least an early, a couple early picks, I felt like. Uh, Cincinnati had a couple nice early picks. I didn't check on BYU. Um, Cincinnati had nine players drafted. Yeah, I was gonna say, I remember Cincinnati had a, like a couple early picks too, and then obviously there was talk about Ritter at the quarterback, and he, he slid a little bit, but um, there was talk of him having first round grades and teams really liking him, and I mean, obviously a lot of all the quarterbacks slid more than many people thought, but um, Houston had what? Did they end up with a first, or was it like a, the first pick of the second round, or something like that? Mm, uh, I think I'll it was it first, quick. wasn't it? I know they had three guys drafted. Yeah, um, Cincinnati had nine, Oklahoma had seven. Shoot. Oh yeah, so the the kid from Houston, the defensive end, was the first pick of the second round, Logan okay. Hall. That's right. Yeah. So. Man, 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 man. Yeah. Good. They're all gone, right? So <laughs> well, it's a bit easier. Yeah. Um, and then uh, just finally to put a bow on this thing, Chris. Um, do you think that the, the, the structure for football will be the same in basketball? No. Yeah, I think you can have a different there, too, because I think home and home is very important for competition in basketball. Um and also just for for the, the the league and the appeal of it too. You can't have home and homes obviously in the same season. But I could see I could see divisions of basketball making sense because I think that's something you may want to consolidate travel a little bit too because you're playing more games and traveling more. Football is just different too. So you could have you could have a one division for football and then divisions for basketball. Would could something that crazy actually happen? You're asking me to believe if uh, if the heads of all the Big Twelve schools can come together and not fight and make a an intelligent decision with each other answer is yes. no that's what i'm asking you you say no <laughs> yeah so i i think it should but i don't think it's very likely yeah and this is another thing too like i don't want to say the sooner bullsby's out the better because again maybe maybe this is one of the last things he does too because this ultimately comes down to what the schools want because again the the 
the commissioner is is I don't want to say puppet, but he's kind of the puppet. Like the he works for the presidents and chancellors, and what they want is going to be influenced by the coaches and the athletic directors. But still, um, they're going to have a welfare in mind, I'm sure, of their sports and their student athletes too. So if you look at that, I mean, would you? It's just it's just hard to think about a, a single division in basketball where I guess you would play everybody once. So now you're at we're saying there's only going to be 12 teams. Now you're at 11. Are they playing 22 conference games? Are we getting there? No way, right? That's a lot. I feel yeah. like no, nobody else plays that many, right? Just 20. Okay. And then you figure between that and having a couple of invitationals you have to have. I mean, if you play 20, you're at 20. If you play 20 conference games, you're at 22 because you have the Big East and the SEC invitationals. And then you only got nine other games you can schedule. You like to get about that many home games if you could, right? So, right, yeah. And you're, you're playing, you know, some other multi-team sure. event in Orlando or Puerto Rico or something like that. That's three more games. I got six games. <laughs> That's tough. That's going to be hard to do. So I would be surprised if it goes above 20, which makes me think they're going to do. Now, can you get to 20 games with divisions? Maybe. Probably. I think I, I got a solution, Mike. West Virginia just only plays Baylor and Kansas once each year. Right, they'd be okay with that, I'm guessing. <laughs> Can you imagine that? They don't have to go to fog every year. Yeah. Be a while before they get a win, I guess, but keep writing about that every year. Lots of questions. Again, lots of options. Far more of those than answers, but that's why we're here. Try to. I guess we can't unravel the ball, but we can just like hold the ball in our hands and say, this is quite a yarn they spun together, and I don't know how they're going to unravel it, but hopefully we added some uh, some insight, maybe some solutions there. Uh, any housekeeping, Chris? No, I think that's it. We're going to have a couple more podcasts up later in the week. Uh, again, got to wait and see the uh, um, what happens with the, with the roster. I got one more day, or tonight at midnight. I suppose yeah. that it'll be the end and uh, we'll go from there. I think maybe cross your knock on wood, cross your fingers, roster stay basically intact before that deadline and then get focused on summer official visits. Those, uh, those that visit list is getting lengthy for June. Yeah. Uh, the camp circuit, uh, that schedule has been set for a while. They've already got a lot of kids saying they're coming up. Um, so June's going to be busy, busy month. And then, Everybody thought, oh, it's a dead period at the end of June and early July. And guess what? That's when half the kids in the recruiting class decide to make their commitment. So don't sleep on July either. Yeah, I'm going to hate to leave you there. <laughs> Got some things happening, but we'll see. Uh, you you just wait till I go on vacation during the first uh, official visit weekend. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk offline. Yeah. Until then, I'm Mike Casaza. And I'm Chris Anderson. We'll talk to you later. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean outrageous just search the rest is football wherever you get your podcasts all the best from big meets <laughs>